the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, Major League Baseball crowns its champion after an unusual season, a UFC legend retires, an NHL team faces controversy, and COVID comes to college football. Finally, we'll wrap things up with our quick picks of the week and a fantasy update. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyard of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What's up, everybody? It's Mac. And I am Heather, who got told to go fuck herself by a homeless guy in Olympia today who was screaming to everyone in a three block radius that he was the only God, Lewis. Oh, Oh, well, That's I mean, it's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. At least you had a, a, a brush with divinity. Today, I did. I did. I, I, I had a brush with a man. Not upstairs. I'm not really downstairs either. So, yeah, he's just yeah. he's just there, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you know, what if God was one of us? That was him just right there on the street corner Ooh. screaming yeah, at well, people. So, we'll yeah. be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. How are you guys doing this week? Uh, I'm okay. Um, you know, just getting by, waiting, slowly counting down the hours until I get paid again, which would be great. Uh, yeah. Because my my property insurance is due on a vehicle I already pay taxes on. So, really, North Carolina, fuck yourself. Mm. I can get them in touch with somebody who will yell with, yell that at them. So Yeah, I mean, I, I might do that after I pay it. I just need the sticker, and then I'll stand outside with, like, a placard saying, like, like this is fascism or something. That's fine. Uh, do that. You know. not, not to get too political, but you're talking about your registration and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't that get, like... Did that delay expire and I'm just driving around on expired tags? What do you mean? Because they delayed all that for COVID. I didn't know that. I got my bill in the mail. I want to find out whether it's actually due right now. I got my bill in the mail, said it's due by the 31st. Listen, I hope so. (laughs) I hope that's a thing because mine is due at the end of this week and uh, your girl doesn't live there no more and I got to get Washington tags. So I I know that it was a thing when COVID kicked off and I haven't been notified that I need to start paying it. So (laughs) I'm either in the wrong or Max got some time to worry about it. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to show up uh, tomorrow in the morning because I tried to do it online and there is a $40 service fee added to what you already owe if you try and do it online. So I'm not I'm not doing that. No, no. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's start our show today in the world of Major League Baseball, where we have a World Series champion. Despite despite all the risks of COVID interfering with the season, the shortened 60-game season, the expanded playoffs, the bubbles for the playoffs. Uh, The third time proved a charm for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who finally played a team that wasn't cheating. Yeah, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but still, that we their, know. their opening day payroll was over two hundred million dollars. Um, so there's no reason that they shouldn't be winning World Series. Well, uh, plus too, I, I think that Mac was also going to like full on riot if another team from Tampa won some kind of national champion something. I would have been overjoyed for the Rays. I really, I mean, their payroll is like twenty eight million dollars. There's there's like sixty players in Major League Baseball that make more in one season than they pay their entire team. <laughs> um, I I do think that Kevin Cash is never going to live down pulling Snell. Yes, uh, let's talk about that decision. The decision that basically torpedoed the World Series. So we're in the sixth inning. Yes. Um, the Rays are up one nothing. They're down three games to two, and they pull their ace, Blake Snell, a former Cy Young winner. After he allows his second hit in 73 pitches. Yes. Uh, and How the thing, dare he? Yeah. I mean, right? you, you, you got to think this is an elimination game and you've got you your, all your stops. Yeah. You, you let him pitch until, you know, he's coming up to you and saying, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, the only person that you put in, if you don't have faith in Snell, is your number two starter in yeah. this game. I mean, the thing is, is the Rays caught lightning in a bottle. I really like that kid that they they called up in the last week of the season. Uh, Fuck, I can't. I don't know how to say it. I'm bad at pronouncing names. Yeah. uh, uh, I'm going to look him up real quick. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, though. Uh, but while you look that up, the Rays relief pitcher Nick Anderson promptly gave up two runs, the lead and the series. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and the ooh, thing is, I needed to be that guy the next day. Oh gosh, yeah. When he woke up. Ooh. And then <laughs> let's talk about the other side and who left the game about the same time. Uh, third baseman, I forgot to put his name in my notes. Justin uh, Turner. Justin, Justin Turner. Turner. Turns out he tested positive for coronavirus, and the test came back in the middle of the game. Of course it did. Right. Um, so he was removed from the game in the fifth or sixth inning, something like that. Sixth inning, yeah. Yeah. So he he promptly leaves the game, heads to the locker room, and the Dodgers win the World Series. And what does Mr. Turner do? He comes out Turns around a mask. Turns out on the field? Yeah. Yeah. I do not blame him one bit for wanting to celebrate with the team. I don't. I don't blame him for wanting to. At least put on a damn mask if you're going to do it. Something. Uh, The best part was him kissing his wife. Right. Uh, Right. Um, Uh, But okay, chances are they had already been doing that. So. Well, that's fair. Um, But. Put on a mask if you're going to go celebrate with your team. I understand all the arguments of, well, he spent the first six innings around these people without wearing a mask. What's the difference? I get it. Put on a mask. There are people you weren't spending time around. Yes. You know, you've got got to meet like the commissioner of baseball. And you've been confirmed to have it. So, yes, it changes the circumstances a little bit. So I get wanting to celebrate. Please just put on a mask. If you're yes, going. and that that particular Tampa Bay Ray is Randy Arosa. Hold on, 
Randy uh, Arozarena. Arozarena. Oh, that okay. dude. That dude uh, just raked the entire playoff uh, set records for most home runs and runs batted in. And, uh, you know, I really think if Tampa would have been a little more healthy, they would have had a little more offense to go toe to toe with the Dodgers. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Dodgers with their $11 billion payroll won. Um, you know, I, I just, oh, you also have to tip your cap to Clayton Kershaw, who. Yep. Uh, got shit on for years about not being able to win in the playoffs and pitched his ass off. He won two uh, in the series. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, I uh, well, I'm and just sad. let's let's no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just sad that uh, this is just uh, yet another nail in the coffin of small market teams. <laughs> well, and I mean, and we do need to talk about it because it happened after we recorded last week's episode. The finish. The finish of what game oh, was it? Like yes. game like four or five or something? Yes, the it had the to have been four. Yeah. Um, I don't understand what happened. First off, before we get to that, hat tip to shortstop Corey Seager for winning the series MVP. Uh, and I don't know how he won that over Mookie Betts. Yeah, or Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, uh, I mean, I just think Betts was just, uh, I, you know, how... how how bad do you think the Red Sox front office are kicking themselves in the ass for sending Mookie out to L.A. and then essentially getting shit back for him? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. so, I mean, I just Mookie Betts uh, showed you how, you know, why he's one of the top five players in the majors. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, Seager, you know, congrats, man. Uh, he played a hell of a series, too. I mean, and that's the thing that Dodgers are set up for a long haul, man. They, yeah. They've got a, a bunch of guys under contract. Uh, they typically draft very, very well. Um, you know, Jock Peterson is a free agent after uh, as of now. I don't really think they need to bring him back. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose anything. Uh, you know, so I just, uh, you know, as, as a Cleveland fan, um, it gave me a little bit of hope that even though we're going into full fire sale mode while still maintaining, uh, you know, being a, a competitive baseball team, uh, it, it still makes me feel bad that the Rays couldn't pull this one out. Yeah, but let's go back to game four, because I still am not sure what happened at the end of this game. Um, I think there's still a lot of people that are like, what did I just watch? Right. So you have was it a tie game, I believe. Uh, yes, I think yeah. so. It was yeah, a tie yeah. game, runner on first base. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy hits a, a single into center, no big deal, except that the center fielder bobbles the ball, mm-hmm. uh, at which point the third base coach sends the runner home on a standard single to center field from first. He tumbles. <laughs> and then waits. He, and then he, waits. he tumbles, hesitates, starts to go back, at which point the throw from center field skips into the catcher and between his legs. And then he just comes back. The runner down. just makes it across the plate. And I yeah. don't understand how all of that happens on a single play. Well, I mean, it's that was good base running awareness. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think if it would have the throw would have been better and the catcher could have contained it. Uh, you know, we'd be saying something else negative about the third base coach. Um, 
absolutely. You know, um, but but yeah, man, th- this I was mean, a good, good for them. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was great. It was awesome. Uh, you know, it was a good series. Um, nobody expected Tampa to be there. Uh, the Dodgers, you know, year in, year out, are perennial favorites, you know. And then and, uh, perennial losers here lately. Yes. yes. <laughs> Again, when you play teams that cheat. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's – I don't want to hear any L.A. fan bitch about anything again for the next, you know, four to Ever. six years. Yeah. Uh, they, did, they did just win two back-to-back within a couple weeks. Um, you know, so it's – Good for you, L.A. Now shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And that makes two championships for the city of Los Angeles this year with the Lakers and now the Dodgers. That's, um, that's going to be the only two. It's going to be the yeah. only two. If, if the Rams, <laughs> if the Rams manage to pull out a Super Bowl win, I am never going to speak to what? another person from Southern mm-hmm. California because I'll never hear the end of it. No, nah, it'll be the Chargers and suddenly they'll have a whole bunch of fans. Yeah, the Chargers aren't winning <laughs> shit this year, man. <laughs> Justin Herbert. I mean, he's 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 been great. I love Herbert. I, I'm glad I was wrong about him. I was worried about how he would be able to take the beating, um, but he's shown he could be he could shift around the pocket, uh, get outside if he needs to, and he's he's making all the throws. So, yeah. um, you know, he's, we will he's talk about him a little bit later. Um, Let's pivot over to Arizona in the National Hockey League. The Coyotes are in the news this week. Uh, Today it was announced the team would be renouncing their claim to fourth-round draft pick Mitchell Miller. Miller has been the subject of some scorn when an article was published detailing Miller's harassment of a developmentally disabled African-American classmate in 2016. Miller is accused of tricking Isaiah Meyer Crothers into eating candy that Miller and another classmate had stuck in a urinal. Yep. Uh, and it's then, worth and then noting the that the Coyotes said they knew about the accusations when they drafted him and were planning to use it as a teaching moment and only decided to part ways with him after the public backlash, as is the case with so many things. Yeah. Well, dude, he sent a letter to all 31 NHL teams saying, I did this. I acknowledge what I did was wrong. Please forgive me without apologizing to the kid's fucking family or the he kid. He still himself. hasn't apologized to, I believe. And he's not going to. Yeah. The I team mean, did. He, oh, well, it's, it's good on the team. Uh, you know, let's face it. The Coyotes have only been in the news for shit reasons the last 10 years. You know, multiple bankruptcies, almost getting moved again. Um, you know, and this was, I believe this was their highest pick in the NHL draft in the fourth round. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this isn't what you would call a very stable franchise to begin with. So you as the front office person meeting with the owner, why the fuck would you pull the trigger on this kid in the first place? Yeah. Um, you know, one, I don't give a shit what his talent level is. He forced a kid with who's developmentally disabled to eat a lollipop that sat in a fucking urinal and that led the kid to being tested for AIDS and hepatitis and a myriad other you know medical screening he had to get to to make sure that he wasn't going to be sick because of what this asshole did um you know so Mitchell Miller could fuck himself uh you know he thought that him being a pro athlete was was supposed to be something that was due to him 
and it's not you know um go just go fuck yourself dude you can't treat people like that uh there's nothing cool about it you're a fucking bully and i i can't wait for a ty domi type to find you in whatever rec league you're going to end up be playing in and just beating the ever-living shit out of you uh before he promptly pulls out a lollipop from like his shin guard rubs it across his tank and then jams it into his fucking mouth as he's sitting there bleeding on the ice so that's what i feel oh, that about certainly mixed. paints a picture oh, yes i'm a writer tim i'm a writer <laughs> he has to take the the listener on the journey with him okay and what a journey it was <laughs> i i don't i don't like bullies Welcome i can i not just I'm not defending him in the slightest listen this is to to our listeners this is this is just every day in the friendship of the three of us. Like this is yes. just yes. everyday talk. Matt, you are a poet. Matt, you were a poet if there ever was one. I appreciate that. I'm, I, I'm, I'd like to think I'm pretty good at my craft. Now, if anybody wants to pay me a commensurate amount for my craft, I'd appreciate it. But that's yep. neither here nor there. Next subject. Oh, let's go to UFC, a subject I know very little about, except that uh, I don't know how to pronounce Khabib's last name. Uh, I can't help you with that either. We, I just call Nurm- him Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov, yes. Okay, yeah. I, I I figured it out. Khabib Nurmagomedov won his fight at UFC 254 this weekend and then promptly retired with a career record of 29 and 0. Yes, that man was a phenom from the get go. Uh, defeated every big fucking name in that mm-hmm. in that weight class. Um, and I love how he didn't want to embarrass Gath J so much, so he just locked in a simple choke dude, and made him tap. Dude, he made <laughs> he made Gaethje look like it was his first day in the octagon. Well, Khabib ran a clinic on him. The the thing is with with Justin. Justin is an okay wrestler that man makes his living trading punches on his feet you put him on the ground though he does look like that and then it's not just yeah, but he got put fight, on the ground. Uh, with uh with cowboy wasn't that was decent and, and cowboy doesn't have half the talent khabib has oh, not even right. half big facts okay big facts. yeah all right big but facts. you get put on you get put on the ground by khabib who is probably the best practitioner on the ground in, yeah. in, in mma right now um, and if anybody wants to argue that, feel free. Uh, I will politely disagree with you. Um, but well, I mean, honestly, I think Khabib will probably take a couple years off. Um, he's still young compared to a lot of other fighters that have done that. Um, you know, just kind of recharge the batteries and, uh, you know, maybe come back. Um, you know, I know Dana White and Heather, you probably agree with me on this. When he put his gloves down in the middle of the mat, you know, Dana White was like throwing a hissy fit oh, God. off to the side. <laughs> like he probably threw like a full fledged tantrum. Yes. That, and I mean, because that Habib is a star like the guy. Oh, yeah. For, for all his faults. OK. And there, there are there are his faults, especially after that dust up after the, the McGregor fight. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and his his uh, he doesn't speak English well, but the guy knew how to sell fights mm-hmm. and on top of that it wasn't just him selling the fight when he got in the cage he he knew that everybody that was watching that fight knew they were watching greatness period and he oh, lived yeah. up to that 
every single time. Oh yeah. Every match. Well, and the thing is, is that match this week, this, this weekend, he had a broken foot. He was fighting on a broken foot and he had gotten mumps not that long ago. Yeah. Like the I dude, feel like a broken foot might be difficult to do UFC on. Yes. I mean, the, well, the that's, thing is. That's how, but that's how Khabib is. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. oh, and let's throw in, too, that a couple of months ago, his dad died. Which he is was, why he said he was retiring because he yeah. didn't really yeah. want to fight with his dad not with, no that, with his around. dad not being there. Yeah, and he was, yeah. and he and his mom had asked him to to stop fighting because because you know, and we and we were talking about this you know over the weekend. James and I were you know like you know that his dad was hard as fuck on that kid growing up, like yeah. and just coaching him and all of that. But Khabib knew. It's, that if he turned around, his dad was always going to be in his corner. And if I mean, he just fucked, look at I how mean, he grew up, he's yeah. Chechen. Yeah. He's Chechen. He grew up when mm-hmm. Russia was bombing, you know, all their cities. Um, you know, when uh, Kirirov, who is essentially the dictator down there, you know, started really locking everything down. I, you know, Khabib had a troublesome relationship with that guy, but, you know, I appreciated Khabib. Uh, you know, the man just fought everybody and he won huh? um, and he won in dominating fashion, man. I mean, that that was yeah. the thing. Like he, it, when you got in the cage with him, I, you know, as, as an opposing fighter and as a guy who used to box, you would you would go in that ring or that cage thinking you're going to win. Mm-hmm. But after that first round, when you're fighting somebody like that, you know, you have no shot. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and. You know, props to Justin for getting in there and lasting until the second round. <laughs> but I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, Khabib, uh, you know, there, there's all this talk of, you know, who's the greatest fighter ever. And there's always going to be some differences of opinion. But if Khabib's but not Khabib is going to be in the conversation, three, I think he's going to be in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have him in the conversation. Yeah. Like, but it was yeah. it was a really it was a really decent weekend. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like the one a couple weeks ago, you know, but I mean, there were quite a few, you know, knockouts, um, quite a few submissions too. Like it, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I'm glad Robert Whitaker pulled out the win. Uh, he's one of my favorites. I've just always liked how he, he's approached fighting. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to see him to the mix at middleweight. Um, Uh, the Philip Hall fight was great too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that it's, dude it's was uh, nasty punches. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I like, you know, a couple of years ago, I think if you were a fight fan, you could look at the UFC and wonder where the new star power was going to come from mm-hmm. because they don't naturally home grow a lot of good fighters. They put a lot of eggs in baskets of like Sage Northcutt, who's now in one FC, Paige Van Zant, who's hit or miss. You know, they, they just it was difficult for them to, to home grow these fighters. And then you see guys like Khabib in Israel out of Sanya, um, you know, uh, uh, Naganu at heavyweight. You know, these are a lot of guys that are coming up through that look really good. So I think the UFC is setting themselves up well for cards in the future and, and being able to, like, kind of grow stars, which mm-hmm. is something that they were struggling with. Uh, for a couple years, you know, when Conor McGregor decided to throw his hissy fit, go back to Ireland and just stop fighting for a little while. So, um, 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I would say, well, my favorite fight um, was the Lauren Murphy fight. Because I really hadn't watched her fight. But, oh my God. Like, I could read everything that Lalia, is that how you say it? Lalia? Yeah. Yeah, like I could I could read everything she was going to do. And what I really liked is how she kept trying to, like, draw um, Lauren out. But Lauren stayed in her face like Lauren wouldn't let her move. I was just like, yeah. that's a bad bitch right there. <laughs> yeah, there, that's the thing is I'm 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 finally happy to see fight fans giving these women their due, because uh, I'll tell you right now. I enjoy watching the women fight more than the men because they are balls out for the entire fight. Yeah. Whereas with a lot, a lot of the guys, they know they're up three rounds. They coast for two, mm-hmm. um, you know, just yeah. trying to get that decision. But these women have been putting it out there since, you know, Dana decided to, you know, man up and, and let the let the ladies fight. So yeah. I, I've, I've really I really have enjoyed the cards I've watched. I plan on watching the Bellator card tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Watch you know, and then go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Jagard Musasi is fighting tonight, um, so he's one of my favorites. Uh, he's he's kind of the old guard uh, as far as MMA fighters, but the dude is still amazing to watch. So, uh, yeah. you know, there's another card you can watch tonight, and I believe there's one this weekend, right, Heather? Yeah, uh, and the one this fight. weekend is free. The one this weekend is free, so definitely watch it because this is going to be Silva's last fight. He is yeah. going to retire. So, and again... Like we were saying before, you know, we recorded like he's going to be in the conversation of some of the greatest fighters ever. So, you know, definitely, even if you're just a casual fan, just watch it for that. So that way you could be like, yeah, I watched his last fight. You know, it should be good. It should be a good weekend this weekend for fights for sure. Just a bit of news that's happening as we speak. Uh, I've got the Panthers Falcons game on because I like torture. Oh, yeah, um, I was uh, last I saw I was at halftime whenever the last well, I saw. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater just left with an injury after he was trying to evade a sack and somebody <sighs> kicked him in the knee. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Uh, in an attempt to trip him up. And then he got hammered in the head Ooh. as he went down. Oh, come on. Um, Teddy. Apparently he jogged off the field. I think it's more precautionary, but he was in the blue tent. Um, I, I don't, yeah. I don't see him coming back. Not with a head injury. Uh-huh. Uh, these guys, you know, the way the NFL is now, um, yeah, you know, I think they're going to evaluate him and then see, but yeah, it was yeah. definitely, uh, a, a dirty, uh, sequence right there. And, yeah, uh, I mean, a UFC I, fight I, nearly broke out right there with the offensive and defensive lines. Yeah. I'm not uh, surprised. No, not surprised. I mean, yeah. But that, I, I think we've seen, uh, especially with the Dalton hit last weekend, um, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but like, guys, if they're going to the ground, let them fucking drop, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as it was, all you uh, have to do is put a hand on them and then that's it. They're down. Yeah, uh, yeah it was go, Dante like, Fowler who kicked him and then Charles Harris hit him in the head and Charles Harris has been ejected. As he should have. So. Um, but to round back to finish up the UFC, guys, don't forget yes. to do the UFC pickums. Uh, so far, it's still just me and James, but I actually beat him this last weekend for once. So, but we'll get yeah, to I need to remember I, I, to do that. 
I'm 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 glad to hear that, Heather. I like yes. when James loses. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll get to what he did not lose. So well, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get we'll to get that there. one. We'll get there. Um, Listen, I just first I let's that, talk about college I just, football. I just need to celebrate that win. Okay, I just need <laughs> that for right yep. now. Let's talk college football and a little bit of nearly breaking news from about an hour and a half ago. Clemson quarterback and projected number one draft pick Trevor Lawrence tested positive for coronavirus today. Uh, Lawrence will miss the game Saturday against I don't remember who they're playing. Boston College. Oh, yeah. So no big deal there. But he may also be out for next week's game against Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah. And that that's going to be the big one. That is going to be the big one. Um, I I just dude, I, I don't know, man. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more of these players uh, coming down with Corona testing positive for it. I mean, look at Wisconsin's quarterback, uh, had, you know, has a great game week one test positive and because of the school quarantine rules he's out three weeks yeah uh you know it's not 10 days it's 21 um you know and it's like Wisconsin it's 21 and Clemson it's 10 yeah you know this is where I think you know and I you know you guys have heard me rail against Mark Emmert enough but having some real leadership from the NCAA and setting out a standard for every school would have come in handy. Absolutely. Um, because I mean, the Nick Saban thing, like what the fuck? Um, I don't yeah, understand. I kind of have money on this Trevor Lawrence one being a Nick Saban type test where it's like, Oh, all of a sudden it's uh it's, it's negative. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I can see them letting him sit the Boston college game. Yeah, because uh, that not, one doesn't not matter. No, I mean, it's Boston College, and they haven't been relevant in college football since Doug Flutie was wearing number 22 and taking fucking snaps. So, uh, you know, and that was, I think, 83, maybe yeah. 82. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, um, you brought up you know. Wisconsin. Wisconsin had ha- or has had a number of players and coaches diagnosed. Uh, this weekend's game with Nebraska has been canceled and the team is unable to resume activities until November 4th. Uh, Nebraska attempted to schedule an out of conference game to fill in the week against Chattanooga, but the big 10 shot that down. Yeah. And, and that's like, the thing. Why did they, why, okay. Go ahead. Uh. We, we, the big 10, when they came back, what did the commissioner say? We're going to play only conference games and that's it. Yep. All right. This, this is Barry Alvarez as the athletic director trying to uh, get away, you know, pull one, pull a sneaky one. Alvarez like, is bro, that Nebraska or not Nebraska, uh, uh, Wisconsin. I'm sorry. Uh, it's a uh, shit. I forgot his name. Give me a second, Tim. I totally fucking forgot his name. Well, the coach is Frost. Frost. It's, yeah, but Scott Frost can't can't schedule games. Yeah, I don't remember who the uh, AD is over there. Yeah, I can't remember either. I'm sorry. Um, over it. But the, over it. Where? Nebraska. Um, but this is Nebraska's AD trying to pull a sneaky one with with Sean Eichhorst. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's and I remember Eichhorst was the uh, athletic director at Miami who left right before the sanctions came down because of the Neil Shapiro stuff, and then went to Texas Tech and then took the gig at Nebraska. Um, thank you, uh, Tim. Um, but yeah, like it. This is the rule is set forth by the commissioner. Only conference games. Um, 
I there, can't correct nothing. it. I think it's Bill Moose now. Okay. Well, whomever Sorry. it is, whomever it is, guys, uh, you know, like you, you know the rules. Don't try and pull a fast one. Um, the, the sad thing is a lot of these FCS teams are scheduling two or three games during this season, but they're playing spring football. Like that's where their season's going to start. Yeah. Um, you know, so like these are, I guess, extra scrimmages or, or whatever the case. Um, you know, I just it, it sucks, but this is this is how it's got to be, man. You're, you're going to lose that game. Yeah. If um, you want to if you want to play football, you got to play by these rules. Yeah. You know, and again, but I yeah. bet Nebraska is really regretting joining the Big Ten right now because, you know, Big 12 would have been like, hey, whatever. Oh, dude. Yeah. And they would have actually probably been in the spot to win the Big 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Considering uh-huh. how that division's going or that conference is going. Yeah, but I mean, it, Emmert should have made the standard. He should have set an NCAA standard for these schools rather than letting each conference run their own shit. Um, eventually, I mean, I really I really do see eventually the Power Five just kind of pulling away and doing their own thing outside of the auspices of the NCAA uh, because it's not like they really pay attention to them anyway. Uh, you know, it's like the Power Five looks at the NCAA like, well, we kind of have to deal with you. But at a certain point, when you get enough money together, you could tell Emmer and the NCAA to go fuck themselves, uh, which I wouldn't be surprised to see happen. Yeah. Uh, Big Ten football returned, and most of the teams seem to follow the rest of college football and struggling right out of the gate. Uh, Penn State dropped a close one to Indiana with the Hoosiers scoring a touchdown on a controversial call late in the game. Um, two teams that didn't struggle, though, Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, yeah, the, the Buckeyes yeah. crushed Nebraska 52-17 while the Wolverines shut down Minnesota, who entered the season with pretty high hopes. Yeah, I mean, I I just didn't see Minnesota struggling like this. They, Me, they neither. Played, Me neither. They, they played so well last season. And I know we had like this weird, you know, summer practice, you know, because of the pandemic and everything. But like PJ Flex done a great job getting some talent to go there. And I just, I'm sorry, Jim Harbaugh has done nothing in his time in in, in Michigan to show me that he actually knows how to game plan. Uh, you know, he just doesn't. And PJ Fleck has done everything to show that he does game plan well. But the the Wolverines came out firing and just laid it on uh, mm-hmm. the Golden Gophers, and they just looked. The Gophers looked lost. Um, yeah. In the in the first quarter, when that quarterback got annihilated and fumbled the ball. And Michigan took it to the house for six. I was like, well, that's essentially the game. Uh, <laughs> you, you could see the wind just completely out of uh, the Gopher sails. And that was it, dude. It was I, w- I was pretty pissed off, uh, you know, because I like to see Michigan lose. And I, of course, I picked the Gophers yeah. on our pick. Yeah. You both did. We'll we get both to did. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but Ohio State, uh, the running game looked kind of iffy. Uh, but we, man, we definitely had some holes. Yeah, but, but that Justin Fields and those wideouts, holy shit. Um, if if we don't run it as much as we have in the past, that's fine because Fields looks like he has a good connection with those wide receivers. Most of them are freshmen uh, or sophomores, and they just looked great. Um, you know, especially that, that, that touchdown in the back of the end zone. 
Uh, yeah, I still am not sure how he pulled off that move because he was moving out of the end zone and managed to get his foot back in just enough. He looked like a fucking question mark when he came down with the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I did see ESPN uh, suggest that Ohio State is suddenly QBU today. I don't know, man. Um I mean, we have churned out a lot of good college quarterbacks lately. Yeah, but when you're uh, talking, they have, QBU, they have struggled you, in the NFL. But you figure, and, and that, you know, that, but that's where you get the QBU at. You you've got players that do well, that do well in the pros, and our quarterbacks haven't for no a long time. No, um, I mean none none of those quarterbacks. I mean, we've had some star quarterbacks over the last decade. You go. JT Barrett and even Cardell Jones was able to manage three huge wins. And, you know, then you've got Dwayne Haskins and none of them have succeeded in the NFL. And now yeah, we have I Justin Fields, a projected think, like number three pick next year. Yeah, he's he's going to be up there, um, you know, and I, I think out of all those names uh, and you go back to Troy Smith and and Terrell Pryor and uh, you know Krenzel, you know, they all had their cup of tea in the NFL and they it didn't pan out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, shit. Sean Payton even tried to keep JT Barrett on the roster for a while, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, because he likes those smart players uh, that he can kind of plug and play into different positions. Uh, but I think Justin Fields probably gives Ohio State the best chance of having you know, a good uh, showing in the NFL. I, I think Haskins still has the ability to do it if his time in Washington hasn't broken his spirit where he wants to leave the mortal plane. But I think with some coaching, Dwayne Haskins could be a good quarterback. Well, speaking of quarterbacks in Ohio State, uh, news broke this week that Quinn Ewers, a top 10 prospect at quarterback, decommitted from Texas and... Uh, is considering Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State is the front runner to land the the highly rated quarterback. Yeah, he's a pro style quarterback, so there's going to have to be some changes in Ohio State's offense. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that Dwayne Haskins. Uh, what happens when you have a pro style quarterback and you make those adjustments? You have the Dwayne Haskins season, um, but you can't ask viewers to sit there and run the way Justin Fields does. You can't call those quarterback draws or those RPOs very often. So there's going to be, have to be some adjustment on the offensive side of the ball. But I think a lot of that decommitment has to do with, you know, this, this particular player, this kid, not having any faith in Tom Herman's ability, uh, one, to provide him good coaching, and two, to win, the game, win ball games and win championships. Do you, so, are you surprised? I mean, that's literally all of us. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not. Uh, I mean, the thing is, is you have a lot of other programs that are, you know, LSU, even though they're kind of struggling this year, they, they still they're coming a year off of a, a national championship consistently in the top 10 in recruiting. Mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher, look at what he's doing at A&M. And I'm the first guy to knock Jimbo Fisher all the fucking time. Um, you know, you, you have a lot of these other programs that have kind of been middling you know, seven, eight, nine win teams that are getting better. And they're pulling a lot of these four and five star players away from teams like Texas, Oklahoma, you know, 
So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really surprised. Um, you know, Ryan Day, I mean, Tim, you could attest to this as an Ohio State fan. How many Ohio State fans were like, fuck Ryan Day, man? You know, we yeah. got to bring, we got we to gotta bring Herman back. Uh, Ryan Day's done nothing. Yep. And it, it's like, dude, fuck no. I will take Ryan Day over Tom Herman every day. Ryan Day stepped into Urban Meyer's shoes in a way I don't think anybody really expected except like Urban Meyer himself. Honestly, I think except Ryan Day. Uh, I don't, <laughs> Big I don't think right there. Yeah, I don't think Urban Meyer saw him, you know, immediately coming out and just curb stomping folks. Because uh, I think, let's see if I do my math right, outside of the college football playoff game against Clemson, which I still argue is debatable on whether or not Clemson earned that win. Uh, Ryan Day is undefeated at Ohio as Ohio yeah. State's head coach. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you're right, Tim. And I mean, honestly, Ohio State took took their foot off the gas in the second half, uh, which doomed them. Because if you take your foot off the gas against Clemson, they're gonna get you. They're that good, yeah. um, you know. But yeah, I, if, if Ohio State can pull this off, great. But you also have to remember the last time, uh, you know, you got to think Justin Fields was a transfer. Uh, the last time we had a big name quarterback coming out of high school was a man by the name of Tate Martell. Uh, oh, yeah, God. That, worked, that worked well oh, for us. God, I haven't heard that name yes. in a long time. Oh, God. Well, that's because he went down to Miami, hated life, and uh, dropped he off the actually, air. Yeah. He's, he, he's going to put himself, from what I've read, he's going to put himself back in the transfer portal. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's getting okay. ready to head. Yeah. Getting ready to head into his, I think, junior year, I believe. Mm. Uh, and well, I hear gonna... Texas is looking for a new quarterback. Yeah, but he's going to be like a seven-year junior, or something like that. Uh, yeah, dude. At this that? point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, real quick, anything else from college football stand out to you guys this weekend? Um, I will tell you right now. I, I am going to go ahead and say it. Coastal Carolina. Uh, I'm pulling for them. Um, I love the teal turf. I love how these guys are, are players that were largely ignored by a lot of the southeastern schools, uh, and they are just playing. They're living their best life and playing their best football, and they just look like they're having fun. Uh, so go Chanticleers. Um, and uh, as far as bigger schools, I mean, Clemson did Clemson things. Um, you know. They're even with Lawrence sitting out, even against Notre Dame. I still like Clemson better. Uh, Clemson's just stocked uh, top to bottom, and I don't know if you guys have watched a lot of Clemson, but Etienne looks even better than he did last year, and that is fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, because that guy has a a next level speed I've never seen. Uh, you give him two yards, and he's going to be gone. It's it's like watching him run is is a, is. Like watching this this perfect, uh, you know, example of a sprinter, you know, it's 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 amazing. So, I mean, if I was Clemson, you know, beat up on Boston College because it is Boston College. But if you don't have Lawrence going into that Notre Dame game, uh, just run NTN like 45 times. You know, I still think mm-hmm. I still think they win by 20. You know, um, it, it, Clemson is just a ridiculously talented team. Um, and also. Uh, there's, I don't know if you guys saw Lawrence's sudden kind of backtracking on leaving for the NFL draft after this college oh, season. Yeah. Up. yeah. <laughs> um, I, if, 
if I were him, I would do the Peyton Manning uh, and stay for or, or, or Eli or whoever it was. It was one of the Mannings that stayed all four years. <laughs> so they didn't have to get drafted by a, a dumpster fire of a team. And honestly, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, the last place I want to go play is for one, a New York Jets team that sucks. It is horribly talent deficient. And if they don't fire Adam Gase, do you really want to play for that guy? No. And, and then two, you don't want to go to the, again, the Jets, a talent deficient team and play for a brand new head coach, you know? Right. So, right. Like which is worse, a new head coach or Adam Gase? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's just it, it, either way. It's like somebody's going to be pissing on his leg and telling him it's raining. You know, yeah. like it's <laughs> yeah. who, who who's the third best quarterback in next year's draft? Because I don't think Justin Fields wants to go there either. Yeah, but I could see Fields just going. Uh, I, I think Mac Jones is a junior. I could be wrong, um, you know, from Alabama. And I think he's demonstrated he knows how to throw the football because yeah. Jesus, man, that guy's got such a like the dude can just. It's a pretty ball he throws. So, all right. Anything uh, else from the weekend in college football? Um, LSU showed little sparks of what could be to come. Um, yeah, they, they remembered South how Carolina. to play football again. They did. They did. Uh, and part with part of that was because we changed quarterbacks, so that helped. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, DJ I think Finley. wasn't your quarterback hurt? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. I don't like him right now. But <laughs> you have um, we. <laughs> We had um, Trey Palmer almost got himself fired because he bobbled a kickoff return, but picks it up and then runs it to the house for 95 yards. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. nice. Yeah. So, yeah. He, so he redeemed himself. And then we've got Ricks that that came through for us and was throwing the deuces to the defensive players as he was running past them. And so there's little, there's like little sparks of what could be to come. I saw it against South Carolina. So hopefully, so hopefully it catches fire somewhere. Yeah. I I don't see, I don't see LSU being down. I I just, this is more of like a retool year uh, rather than a, rather than like one of those perennial rebuilds, you know? So yeah, it's I, one I, of those, we won the championship. Let's get to the players who joined us because we won the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Type yeah. So, so that was promising that it, it was promising. Now, granted it was against South Carolina. I'll give you that, but. But South Carolina beat Auburn a week prior. Yeah. That's, yep. That's right. And that's who we play this weekend. So yeah. Uh, yeah so it, it was, I don't know it who I would like in that game. I it was, would still it take was LSU. It was good to see. So I, I, I'm very proud of my boys for that. So. Oh, should be, Heather. All right. Let's talk NFL. Pittsburgh stands alone as the last remaining undefeated team, knocking off the Titans while the Seahawks lost a fantastic battle against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Um, I watched the last quarter plus overtime of that Seattle-Arizona game, and that was such a good game. DK Metcalf is insane. Yeah, I that's the thing. I I was that's why I was kind of pissed off at the end of the game because he saved the touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I will give well, you I, I believe they got a touchdown off of that turnover. No, they didn't. Oh, okay. Arizona went for it on fourth and goal and didn't get in. Oh, okay. So 
uh, DJ Metcalf saved the touchdown. Uh, and first, uh, you know, the fact that I, I, I'm going to point this out as someone who watched his team uh, draft wide receivers poorly. You had a chance to get Metcalf and you took Nikhil Harry instead. And I want to know, I, I went back and read all these scouting reports on Metcalf and they said his hips don't flex well. He's only a straight line runner. He can't run routes. Uh, his rookie year as the playing the position that's the hardest to transition to the NFL, which is wide receiver, fucking had like 900 yards and five TDs. And then look at him this year. Holy shit, man. The guy can run every route. He's a monster downfield blocking. And then look, he didn't quit on that play. No, he ran. I think they clocked him at like 22.4 miles an hour. Uh, uh, What's his name? Buda Baker had like a 20 yard fucking bubble and got caught from behind by DJ Metcalf. I mean, and you could almost see the look of terror in his face as he just kind of checked behind him to make sure he was clear and saw Metcalf just streaking yeah. Yeah. down that field. Um, but yeah, I, I will get Arizona's defense make great adjustments during this entire game, and you could tell Russell Wilson was kind of confused by them. Um, so you got to give Cliff and his staff a lot of credit for game planning very well. Um, I, I really like Kyler Murray. I think if they can get Christian Kirk involved more in that offense, uh, along with Nuke, holy shit, man, that's going to be nuts. Ky- uh, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are my sleeper pick to come out of the NFC. Uh, I think there's a very distinct, I don't, I don't think that they're my favorite, but there's a distinct possibility of that team winning. If, and if, they to the play, Super Bowl. If, if they could play the defense they played against Seattle, sure. But I don't think they could do that for the entire season. Um, but I really was a great game. Uh, you know, that, that Arizona Seattle game, Pittsburgh, Tennessee was a great game as well. Um, by the I, way, real quick, Teddy Bridgewater did reenter the game. Well, good. I'm glad he's okay. I yeah. really am. I, I don't like seeing any players go down with head injuries, especially, especially after seeing Dalton, uh, that, yeah. that shit. Holy yeah, just, just, you know, a quick update. But back to Tennessee, Pittsburgh. Yeah, but, I mean, Pittsburgh, you know, you got to think. They went from being in a power running game. They get Big Ben, and they just managed to find these wideouts. Like, I mean, Antonio Brown, who saw him being any fucking good? The Pittsburgh Steelers did. Um, you know, uh, number 11, uh, I can't remember his name. He's the wide receiver out of Notre Dame has just become this great addition number, you know, wide receiver two to Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, James Conner is just, he's picking up where he left off. And on top of that, they're playing defense really well again. Um, you know, Chase uh, Claypool, Chase Claypool. Thank you, Tim. Um, and their defense kept Henry bottled up for a lot of the game, but I mean, Henry is, you know, the incredible Hulk and eventually he will wear you down. But I mean, Pittsburgh just looks like holy. I mean, that that's that's like a holy shit team, um, you know. That I think could give the Chiefs, uh, you know, a good a big run for their money. Um, you know, I just I didn't really see Pittsburgh coming out like this strong, um, and and they have just they they draft well. Um, you know, they they manage to get players that are great for their system. And people talk a lot of shit about Mike Tomlin, but. I, I, you know, I think that he's a top 10 head coach. Like the guy wins. So 
the Steelers are six and zero, standing alone now with the Titans and the Seahawks both falling this week. Uh, they are the only undefeated team left in what has become a very competitive a- uh, AFC North. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The AFC North is <laughs> that. Don't, don't don't get me wrong. The Browns can't compete with the Ravens and the Steelers yet. But record-wise, it's going to be hard to not have an amazing record to come out of that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you know everybody plays their strengths, the NFC North is probably going to have three 10-win teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you don't see that very often. Um, no. You know, so I mean, it's that that's going to be like one of those. You know, and give the Bengals a couple years. Uh, you, you know, you got Joe Burrow there, who's who's fucking putting up outstanding numbers playing with nobody essentially. Yeah. And uh, taking 28 sacks over the first seven games of the season. Yeah. You know, and, and just imagine all the other quarterback hits that he's taken, <laughs> you know, or the hits he's taken uh, when he's not being sacked. So, I mean, that, yeah. that division, it's going to stack up to be pretty good in the future. I think we did launch a new poll for top performance this week over in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash hometown crowd pop. The question was, who was your top performer of the week? And the winner was a tie between Tyler Lockett's 15 receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns against Arizona, and Baker Mayfield's 21 or 22, depending on how you count it, consecutive completions against the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, that Lockett you know, is something else, man. I don't think anybody saw him being the player he was coming out of Kansas. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, he had a great game and, and him and he and Russell Wilson just have a great like rapport. Um, yeah. You know, Russell knows where he has to pull the ball. Lockett knows where he has to get to catch it. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's a, I mean, that's a good tie. That really is because Baker, Baker won the game for the Browns last weekend. He yeah. did it. And it's um, worth noting, I count 22 consecutive. I don't think that a spike to stop the clock should count as an incomplete pass, but statistically it does and whatever. Um, <laughs> you don't get to change the rules, Tim. That's not how that goes. I do because I'm a homer. Uh, <laughs> always, I am unashamed of that fact. Real quick, before we get into our quick picks of the week, do we have any other NFL notes from this weekend? Uh, as the token Patriots fan, we are going to start seeing them being a staple of the pick of the week because they outside of Damian Harris running the ball. OK, uh, the Patriots can't do anything on offense. They can't rush the passer, rush the passer, and they cannot stop the run. I have so, seen some rumors that the Patriots might be having a fire sale in the very near future. I I, I think St- uh, Stephen Gilmore gets moved only because of his cap hit. Uh, I don't really see them moving anybody else because, I mean, let's face it, the Patriots aren't really known for their great drafting. Um, well, I mean, they're used to having like late picks. So, well, yeah, but even then, you know, you got to think the first 10 years of Belichick's reign, you know, he was hitting on second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. They're not really panning out that way anymore. Um, you know, it's just, I, I uh, you know, I expected a drop off. I didn't think it'd be like this. Um, but you know, I will take my good with my bad. Uh, I've got a Cam Newton number one jersey coming, uh, and I will proudly wear it, sport it, and be the Pats fan, even if we finish two and fourteen this year. <laughs> All right. Anything else from the weekend? 
the Saints did a very sloppy win against Carolina, so there's that, I guess. <laughs> you sound so excited about your teams this Super year. Super excited. I'm so excited. All right, well, let's get to our quick myself. picks of the week. We do have a change in the standings. Um, I went 5-3. and three. I stay atop the standings at 25-13. and 13. Heather went 3-5. and five. She now Ooh. takes over second place with 21-17. and 17. And Mac, with his 2-6 and six weekend, falls to 20-18. and 18. One game behind Heather and five games behind me. I'm, Just, I'm picking some games this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I took that gamble on Arizona, and it paid off for yeah, me. Yeah, it did. Uh, yep, I was very sure happy did. about that one. Um, but let's get to this week's picks. We've got three college games and four NFL games, including our pick of the week which is going to be later on. But let's start in college football where we have Memphis, a six and a half point underdog at Cincinnati. Mac, let's start with you. I said it last week. Uh, I really like what Luke Fickle is doing in Cincinnati. Uh, They can win pretty. They can win ugly. They just win. Um, I enjoy watching them. I like how they play football. So I'm going Cincy on this, uh, you know, go Bearcats. Um, not to say that Memphis won't give them a game. Memphis is another good team. Um, you know, the AAC is really, they're making a big push um, to be considered one of the big boys. Um, you know, Navy's kind of having a down year, but then again, it's COVID. So, you know, 2020, everything's kind of on its ear. You know, then you got Cincy, Memphis, uh, you know, Tulane is getting better. You know, there's a lot of good AAC teams that are moving up. So, uh, you know, I, I can see this being a good game, but I'm going Cincy. Heather, who you got? Same. I went with Cincy. All the um, same reasons. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you guys. I think Cincinnati might at least have a shot at breaking that power five are the college football playoffs. I don't know that they get there, but I think they have a shot at it, especially with the Pac-12 doing what they did this year. Um, I think it's a possibility. I don't know, man. I think if they can put together a good run and go into next season with some strong non-conference games, then we could talk about it. I just don't see it happening this year. Um, Not with with them measured up against like a, a Power 5 team. Yeah, I I just I just think personally, the Big 12 is eating themselves. The Pac-12 basically takes themselves out of it every year. Uh, Alabama blows Georgia out in that SEC championship. I think you have a shot to get that number four seed because I don't know that any other, you know, ACC, SEC or Big 10 team is good enough to have that second one. We'll, uh, we'll especially see. if I, Cincinnati goes undefeated. Yeah, I think I really think we'll see, um, especially after the conference championship week. You know, yeah. like once once they get those knocked out, you know, I think we could probably have a better barometer. All right, Heather, we'll start with you in what is a pretty drastic uh a spread, but it's two ranked teams. Ohio State is an 11 and a half point favorite heading into Happy Valley against Penn State. 
I feel like you are starting with me on this game as a joke <laughs> that I am not privy to and I don't appreciate it. But Heather, Heather, we would never make a joke that you were not privy to. I mean, fair enough, but still. Why why is this even like a game? Why? Because why? because ranked why? teams get picked. Ranked okay. versus ranked gets picked. Okay. But when you're talking about Ohio State being one of them right now. Yep. Yeah. So there's there's my pick. Okay. <laughs> Back do I even have to ask? No, but we also have to acknowledge that Penn State always plays Ohio State close. You're right. Yes. They do. Um, they do. You're right. You know, I, I, you know, Penn State's going to want to come back from losing to Indiana, but Indiana showed that there's a lot of holes on that defense. While they weren't able to move the ball well through the air, Indiana was able to run uh, pretty well against Penn State. So I can see a heavy dose of Master Teague the RPO, the quarterback draws, and some play action to set up a lot of those deep passes to those wideouts um, with Ohio State winning. I still think it'll be a close game. Um, I would be really surprised if it's a blowout. Yeah, I've got Ohio State in this one. I think that normally we go into Happy Valley and we struggle, but normally this is when Penn State does their whiteout game. Uh, coronavirus tilts that a little bit in our favor because if there, are, I don't know if Penn State is allowing fans into the stadium, but I'm fairly certain it's not a full on stadium, a uh, full on crowd. And I think that plays to Ohio State's favor. You're making it more of a neutral field, and Ohio State is just a better team. Yeah. Yeah. And let's uh, face so- it, James Franklin is not Dan Mullen asking to pack the stadium. <laughs> right. Uh, and then coming down with Corona. Uh, but- yeah. That's neither here nor there. Um, Let's head to the Big 12. Texas at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Mac, who do you like? Well, I don't like Texas. how Texas is playing at all. Um, I could see Texas boosters coming up with the money to give Herman his buyout at the end of the season because Texas just has underperformed for the amount of talent that they have Every year Herman's been there. Um, Oklahoma State, I mean, you're in, you're out, dude. This is a 10-win team. Um, uh-huh. And they, I really like Chuba Hubbard. I really, really like him. So give me the Cowboys um, and Chuba for the win. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just don't like what Texas is doing this season. Heather? Same. Same. I'm going with Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma yeah. State on this one. No, nope, I've got them too. I just I don't have faith in Herman. I don't, I don't especially either. this year. They ca- they came out kind of strong and then went. Eh, I think we forget how to play football. Um, so yeah, Oklahoma State. Turning over to the NFL, we'll start with Heather. Indianapolis is a two and a half point favorite against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I went with Colts on this. All right. Mm-hmm. Any any. Uh, Supporting? No, nope. Because I don't care. And All I have, right. I back. have the uh, Detroit defense on my bench, so yeah, they can <laughs> they can sit this one. All right, back. As much as I'd like to go with the Colts, I'm going to go Detroit Lions here. Um, Ooh, a gutsy pick. Yeah, 
it, it seems like the the Lions are playing a little better in every facet of the game. I'm not saying they're great, um, but it seems like the Colts have had a bit of a drop off from last season, where they played very very well in, in all parts of the game, um, and that's with you got to think that's starting to Kobe Brissett for how many games, um, and then they get Philip Rivers, who has looked pretty good, um, but I don't know, man. I just I'm not a big Colts guy. Um, I think they still have some work to do on both, you know, both uh, on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And Detroit, they just seem to stick around. Um, so I'm going to go to Detroit in this game. All right. I went with the favorite in this one. I've got Indianapolis. Um, I will say that if there's ever a quarterback that I want running my offense with less than two minutes within a score, it's Matt Stafford. He may not put up amazing numbers, but he can run the two-minute drill like very few quarterbacks in history. Uh, case in point, the Atlanta game last weekend that we didn't even talk about Gurley's gaff. Um, but <laughs> and listen, listen, we're not kicking him while he's down because if you <laughs> if you saw him on the ground, <laughs> he just looks he he knew he fucked up. <laughs> but but if, if there's a quarterback that I want with like a minute, minute and a half left and I'm within striking distance, it's Matt Stafford, because for some reason he always pulls that out. Uh, but I've got Indianapolis in this one. So let's move on to what, what promises to probably be the most exciting game of the week. Uh, top two teams in the AFC North, a battle for that division. Pittsburgh heads to Baltimore, where Baltimore is a four-point favorite. Mac, we start with you this week, this time. Um, yeah, I, I really like both teams. I think they're both built very well. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, after watching Pittsburgh and Tennessee last week, I don't think the Ravens can beat the Steelers. Um, you know, Tomlin and his staff schemed well. Uh, so if you can scheme well enough to slow Derrick Henry down for about two and a half quarters, you can scheme well to stop Lamar Jackson. Um, I really like the pressure Pittsburgh gets on the quarterback because that pressure comes from everywhere. Uh, it could be safeties or corner blitzing. You know, it, they run. You know, they run a variation of three four. So you know, they have a linebacker coming. I think T.J. Watt is going to be. You know, he's the. Uh, another one of those great pass rushers um, that can just get to the quarterback. Um, and while Baltimore is running the ball a little more than they were at the beginning of the season, I just don't think Baltimore has the the, the weapons at wide receiver to really uh, beat Pittsburgh this week. So I'm going Pittsburgh. All right. Heather? Um, I... I know that this is a big, big game for the both of them. This yeah. is just a super big rivalry between the two. Um, and I went with the Ravens on this one. That one was kind of my risky pick, but I was like, it's it's at Baltimore. Um, and I kind of like Lamar Jackson a bit more than I do Roethlisberger. So I, that's, that's why I'm going Baltimore on this. Well, Heather, you might be a little bit more comforted to know that I, too, picked Baltimore in this one. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's any easy pick in this one. These are two ga- two teams there that really are both wasn't, playing yeah. out of their minds. 
Uh, I think realistically, if it came down to a reason, both teams have played Cleveland and Baltimore let one fewer points get scored. (laughs) It was 38-7 against Pittsburgh and 38-6 against Baltimore. So I've got the Ravens and I think we no longer have an undefeated team. Okay. Uh, Heather, I'm going to start with you on your home team. Uh, New Orleans is a four-point favorite heading into Chicago. Um, I mean, you already know who I picked, uh-huh. but I will say that they needed to make some big-time adjustments, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Because they had so many penalties and so many unnecessary, like, personal fouls. Number 22, I'm looking at you. They need to get their shit together because even Deuce was saying, um, because I was listening to it, uh, because that was the only way I could pick it up was to listen to it on um, Sirius. And uh, Deuce McAllister was saying, you know, like, the – the penalties of that that he has drawn this season, it's starting to become a player issue, not yeah. a coaching issue, not a team issue, a player issue. So I need him to get his shit together and make this work. But I went with the Saints, obviously. All right, Mac. Oh, after watching the Bears um, in their last game, I just don't. They don't have the offensive pop, man. Um, I don't think Nick Foles is going to be the guy uh, to get them over the hump. Um, And obviously Mitchell, uh, he's a lost cause. Um, The Bears have a lot lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball. And while Heather's absolutely right, they need to make a big defensive adjustment. I don't know what happened between last season and this season. Um, It's awful. The Saints look lost on defense. Um, but the ace in the hole they have is Breeze is actually starting to get the ball downfield a little bit, uh, which I was surprised to see against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. It might be because the Panthers' defense is is not that great, um, but he there, there's a little more oomph in that pass. Yeah, uh, Mike, Michael Thomas might be coming back this week. Yes, he's, uh, at, he's been at practice. He's been know, at practice so this week, so that'll that'll help a bit. And you still have mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara who arguably is the one of the most dynamic uh, offensive players in the league. Um, shockingly, he fell to the third round of the draft. I don't know how the fuck that happens, but what do I know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just an almost 40-year-old man on a, a sports podcast. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go ahead and go with the Saints. Um, I think the Bears have a great defense, but their offense is trash. Yeah. Uh, you know what I trust less than Mitchell Trubisky running the Chicago Bears offense? Uh, Nick Foles running the Chicago Bears <laughs> offense. Um, I've got the Saints in this one. I don't think it's close. I don't think that the Bears have a chance here. Uh, and that brings us to our game of the week. <laughs> the Los Angeles Chargers head to Denver as a three-point favorite over the Broncos. Mac, who do you like? Well, I think we've seen that Justin Herbert can play football. Um, granted, he came into a situation where he's got a lot of tools on offense uh, compared to a lot of his peers as a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, you still have uh, Joey Bosa and Ingram on this on a Chargers defense. 
Um, and let's face it, the Broncos look lost. Um, they're just not playing good football. And do I want to go against the grain and, and pick the Broncos? Sure. Just to be the guy that has three picks against the two of you. But I have to go Chargers here. I just think Herbert's too good. All right, Heather. Um, I went with the Chargers as well. Um, kind of for a lot of the reasons too that um, Mac went uh, picks. You know, because they they have Keenan Allen too, and um, Eckler's hasn't been bad either. So um, I'm I, I went with the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, I am on the Justin Herbert train. I think he may end up making a run at Joe Burrow for Rookie of the Year. He may have more tools, but I think he'll make that run. Um, I got the Chargers in this one. Uh, Justin Herbert's just showing that he was overlooked in this draft. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think a lot of that had to do with the offense he played in in Oregon. You know, I mean, it's... It's a plug-and-play offense. Um, you know, even after uh, Chip Kelly left, it was essentially the same system. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, I mean, he's shown he can make every throw. He's he's mobile enough to get out of the pocket when he needs to. He knows how to make defenders miss. It's just, if the, the biggest thing for the Chargers going forward is ensuring that you draft offensive linemen smartly uh, so you can keep him off his back, and you're getting uh, another running back to supplement Eckler uh, because Eckler's been great since he took over from Melvin Gordon, but he's also been a little banged up. So uh, let's be smart there, Los Angeles. Uh, if you need me to submit my resume, I will do so. Um, I just watch a lot of football and swear a lot, but I could be a great addition to your front office. But listen, though, real talk. Have you guys seen Justin Herbert's picture on ESPN, what it looks like? No. No. Oh, my God. Okay. It looks like... The 13-year-old kid that shows up for the family portrait, and that's the look that he gives because he would much rather be at home at Fortnite, uh, playing Fortnite and screaming at his, like, third-period science buddies on it. That's what he looks like. I'm so, okay with that. Treat, treat yourself. Treat yourself and look at look at his uh, his picture on the ESPN. Well, now that you said something, I got to go look. Yeah. Yeah, he looks a little bit grumpy. There. He looks a little bit grumpy and uh, covered in team. acne. Um, Suspected team. That's or is that my screen? Nope, that's acne. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Heather. It's, it's been staring at me this whole time. So, yes. Oh, wow, guys. You are not kidding. He looks salty <laughs> as fuck. Oh, my you God. You can't unsee it, right? You can't. No, you, yeah. you really cannot. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring this to a close with our fantasy update. Heather, do you have a college pick'em update? I do have a college pick'em update, and I'm not sure exactly what happened. I don't. I don't know if 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 our pal Joshua forgot to make his picks a little late. I think he or, did. Which is very unlike him. He's normally very on time. So Joshua, I don't know what was going on, but that's fine because um, Tim, you are in the lead now. With 145 points, right behind you is M- is MD at uh, 138. I am number three at 137. Uh, Joshua's four at 123. Number one fan is number five at 116. And then Big Mac is dead last champ with 30 points. Keep yeah, but he's only played one week. One I know, week. exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But still. 
He's, so he's, you know what that he's means? He's on the board. He's on the that, board. That yeah. I am right where I belong at the top of the oh college pick'em, at the top of our quick picks really of the week, awesome. and at the top of our fantasy football because after six, uh, seven weeks, uh, there's still only one undefeated team, and that is the 12th Mandalorian. Uh, Can we just yeet him into the sun already? <laughs> I'm so over hey, this. Heather, I will build a catapult if you want to pull the guest string, okay? <laughs> I absolutely will. I absolutely will. Uh, but uh, we've completed seven weeks of fantasy football, and the matchup of the week was won by number one fan James, <laughs> who defeated Heather 122 to 116 to it improve to a whopping one and six. It came down to the wire, okay? Because we we were going into late Sunday night, or, or maybe it was Monday, I can't remember. We were going into it late, where I was in the lead, and then I guess shit went down, and so did I. So, here we are. Taco, I'm, I'm the sacco, okay? I'm the sacco. That's fine. I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, it came down to... Um to Monday because, and I don't even think it was really a question because they, uh, James had, uh, Greg Olson. No, no, my problem Monday night. No, my problem. I would have won if I had played fucking Drew Brees. If I had played Drew Brees that week, I would have won. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. You didn't. Oh, it was Cooper cup that you, that, that James had. I don't care. Shut up. Uh, Heather fails to gain her first win, falling to 0 and 7. I remain undefeated, beating generic team Burza 170 to 127. Max suffered the largest defeat of the week to the French button pushers 166 to 120. Uh, elsewhere, Josh knocked off team no luck and the Cheesehead Canucks beat the fantasy football team who has now lost two in a row and sits at three and four. This week features the top team against the bottom team as Heather and I meet up. Uh, Mac takes on team No Luck. The battle First of up, the Jake. I'm already down by like 20, almost 30 points or so. So, that's oh, great. yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the battle of the Jameses pits Mr. McGiblets and number one fan against the French button pushers. Team Burza and Cheesehead Canuck face off, and Josh and Harrison meet up in the final match of the weekend. Yeah, I, I literally had half my team on the bye. Um, so I went on a uh, claiming people frenzy just to make sure I had enough players. Um, I'm and it didn't pay off for you. I'm, I'm officially, well, none of them played yet, dickhead. Oh, I thought you were talking <laughs> last week. I thought you were talking no. last week. No, this week. Last week, I just had a bunch of people that, you know, Mike Evans decided this was going to be the week. He didn't catch a touchdown at all because, God forbid, he catches a fucking pass longer than four yards. Um, but I digress. I can't get fired up about this shit. It's fantasy no. football. Mm-hmm. It's no. not real. Um, but I swear to God, Tim, shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right? I still don't understand shut how I am projected up. to finish second despite the fact that I'm undefeated French button pushers who are six and one are projected to finish first. Um, Literally the worst. I swear. Yeah. We meet up in week 10, so we'll see how that goes. Actually but worst. 
That'll do it for this week's episode. You can find us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get in the conversation at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Hometown Crowd Pod. You can subscribe anywhere you find your podcast. If you're an Apple listener, drop us a review and we will read it on the air. I haven't checked on that in a while, but I don't think we have any new ones. Uh, you can find us on the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. Check out 910 Comedy on Facebook and check out our sister shows. That's just my face, Marital Tiffs, and Dead Girls Talking. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the hometown crowd. Yeah, guys, I don't. I, I don't go vote. Hear. Go yes, vote. Thank you. Uh, because, because by the time we record next week, November 3rd will have passed. So go vote. And on top of that, uh, do it safely, wear a mask, and don't give your poll watchers a hard time. God bless those people, seriously. I'm one of those those people, Heather. (laughs) Y'all are going to have an awful day that day. So, like, for real, be kind to them. Take them snacks. give Give them words of encouragement. Don't yell at them. They're just there, okay? Don't cough in their face. Don't cough in their face. Just be good humans. Yeah, just be good humans. And have a good week and uh, take some time for your mental health.